This is the message from Connection Community Church for this Sunday, July 13th, 2014. Radical, radical anguish. Good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? God, thank you for today. It's a day that you've made, a day that you had in your mind's eye so long ago. Thank you for your presence with us. No place where we are that you are not. Open our hearts that we might receive your message, that we might be changed and transformed by it. We pray this in your most holy and blessed name. And everybody gathered said, Amen. Amen. Well, today we continue to look at Psalms. Psalms are in the Bible, they're in the Old Testament. There's 150 of them, and they cover a wide range of topics. They're written like poems, and they also cover a very wide range of emotions. Extreme emotion, raw emotion, on the edge kind of emotion, and that's why we're calling this series Radical. Radical. Whether the psalm is a shout out thanksgiving to the Lord, or something from the depths of our heart, an ode to pain, maybe it's a soaring celebration of God's creation, or a poem where God seems so far away, so out of touch with our reality, we believe that there is nothing lukewarm, nothing neutral when it comes to these ancient psalms, poems, hymns. Hmm. And so our focus today is uh, Psalm 13, an ancient song of radical anguish. You know, nearly half of the Psalms were written by King David, and this is one of them. So let's get started. O Lord, how long will you forget me? Forever? How long will you look the other way? How long must I struggle with anguish in my soul, with sorrow in my heart every day? How long will my enemy have the upper hand? So last week, we talked about parallelism. We find this in Hebrew poetry. It's how a poet states something and then restates it, often focusing uh, a little closer or farther away. Remember, Alan had the camera, and he was using that you know, lens to show something closer as the psalm is zeroed in or zeroed out on whatever he was trying to share. How long? How long is the repeated question? We can see how long, how long, how long? How long will you look the other way? How long must I struggle with the anguish in my soul, with sorrow in my heart every day? How long will my enemy have the upper hand? How long, the writer asks, how long? It's a good question. Very good question. Have you ever asked it? We have. 
We have, in fact, just the other day, we have a, a very close friend who's, who's dying, very close to death, and, and it's been hanging on, and it's taken its toll on him, his family, friends. And Carrie asked the question, how long? How long? And maybe you've been in that same situation where someone you love is hurting or suffering or maybe even dying. And maybe you've asked that question, how long, Lord? How long? And maybe it's you. Maybe you've been dealing with some kind of pain, something painful, something hurtful, something very challenging. And, and the question you've asked is, how long, Lord? How long? I remember years and years ago, my dad telling, talking about uh, previously when, when he and my mom were first married, I think this, my sister was around, well, I hadn't been born yet, and it was one of those summers where just everything was going wrong, you know? The one day, the, the car doesn't work, and then the next day, the washer doesn't work, and you know, day after day after day after day, to the point where he didn't even want to get up in the morning <laughs> because of what that day was possibly going to bring if it was like the last few days that week, fearing what the day might bring. And you get back to that simple yet all-revealing question, how long, Lord? How long? So there's a companion question that goes along with that how long question. The companion question is, why me, Lord? Why me? I think we've all asked that from time to time. Why me? Now, David doesn't ask that question in this particular psalm, but you can kind of hear it unspoken in the background. I can. Why me? Of all the people in the world, the millions and billions of people in the world, Lord, why me? Why am I so special? You know, one of the things that we often say is, you know, God won't give you more than you can handle. I can't stand that, really. But we do think, how long? Why me? Mm. There's a... Uh, when we ask the why me question, there's a scripture that's important to remember. <laughs> it's kind of like, why not you, is what it basically comes down to. It's Matthew 5, 45, second half of that verse. God causes his son to rise on the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Well, in other words, stuff happens to everyone. No one is exempt. Everyone, those close to God, those who are far from God, those who are righteous, those who do not live a righteous life. Good things happen, bad things happen. Good things and bad things come to the good and bad people. The writer of this psalm, King David, he was very close to God. He was so close to God. And here's what the Apostle Paul, who wrote a lot of the second half of the Bible, he shared about God giving David the throne of Israel. We find this in the book of Acts. After removing Saul, he, God made David their king. God testified concerning him. 
I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. So David was God's chosen leader of Israel, hand-picked. He was a man, as God shared, after God's own heart. God said that David would do everything God wanted him to do. He's God's fair-haired boy, isn't he? Now, if things happen to David, God's picked to the point where David's wondering how long, what makes us think that things are going to go any better for us? What makes us think that we're not going to have some how long days, some why me, Lord, weeks? those kind of challenges in our lives. What, what makes us think that we are, or should be, or deserve to be immune from the great challenges of life? Especially since it's during those challenging times, those law, uh, how long, Lord, those why me times, that we come to realize just how much we need God, that we need to lean more on God. It's often during those times that our greatest spiritual growth occurs. Four times David asks this question. Four times. How long? How long will you forget me forever? How long will you look the other way? How long must I struggle with the anguish in my soul, the sorrow in my heart every day? How long will my enemy have the upper hand? And then it's like David just keeps pushing pushing, pushing, and he pushes a little bit harder when he continues by saying, turn and answer me, O God. Can you just see him do that? Turn and answer me, O God. Restore the sparkle to my eye, or I will die. Don't let my enemies gloat, saying we have defeated him. Don't let them rejoice at my downfall. Can you feel the, the very desperation in his voice there? in his entire being, as he cries out, Turn and answer me, O Lord my God. You know, he's saying, I'm feeling kind of isolated. I'm feeling kind of far removed. I'm feeling kind of distant, Lord. I need to see your face, figuratively speaking. I need to hear your voice. I, I need to know that you are still there, that you care, that I can still count on you. I need you, Lord. And then David shares with the Lord what he needs. That's a really valuable thing to do for all of us, to share with the Lord what we need. You know, it's kind of an awareness thing. The Lord already knows, but the Lord wants to hear it from our heart. The Lord wants to hear our heart. It's a personal relationship kind of thing. Just like we need to share our lives with those who are closest to us, our, our family or our friends, we share what our needs are with them. Why wouldn't we share those very things with God? So David says, I need to know you're listening, God. Aren't there times when we just say, God, do you hear me? I need to know you hear me. I need for you to restore the sparkle in my eyes. Have you ever seen someone who's lost the sparkle in their eye? 
family, friend, maybe you when you looked at yourself in the mirror. I, um, I saw it with my mom after my dad died. It was like her gumption died with him, because she had a lot of gumption in her prime, let me tell you. But it was like it died when he did. One, one day, Carrie was with her, and I think this was before Turner. The three girls were there, and I mean, they're like all over trying to get her attention. And, and, and what she was sharing with Carrie is that she didn't have much reason to live at that point. She was kind of sick and all, but I think it was much more than that. I think it was that sparkle. And Carrie just wanted to shout out to her, you know, what about these three beautiful little girls who are just craving your attention here? Uh, but she wasn't focused on the three girls that day because she'd lost the sparkle in her eye. You know, when, when my dad died, that sparkle died with him. Hmm. Well, in David's case, it appears that it's trouble with an enemy, not the loss of a loved one like with uh, my mother-in-law. And that's what caused David's heart to feel very, very distant from God. That is what took the sparkle from his eyes, feeling like the enemy was going to do him in. He fears defeat at the hands of this enemy, the enemy that he perceives would gloat at his downfall. Have you ever felt like somebody would just gloat knowing that you messed up, that you didn't make it, that you weren't thriving? You know, it still happens today, those kinds of feelings. So David, the leader of Israel, David, whom God has put in place, God put on the throne, David, who's described as a man after God's own heart, is feeling very far away from God, feeling very vulnerable, very much alone as he calls out to God, as he says how much he needs God, and he shares his fears with God. David's cry is our cry at times, isn't it? When we cry out to God, maybe you haven't done that, but if you haven't, maybe it's time to cry out to God. God is big enough to handle whatever it is that we cry out about. Even when we demand, God, hear me, God, are you there? God wants to hear from us. And like David, God, turn and answer me. There's times that we just want to shake our fist at God out of anger or maybe shame, and that's okay. It's okay. God is big enough to handle our emotions, our needs, our cries, our anguish. God wants all of us. God just doesn't want pieces of us. God wants all of us, and that includes our hurt, our pain, our anguish. Mm. Anguish, that's what we have here, anguish, radical anguish. Agonizing physical or mental pain torment, anguish. That's what David expresses in this Psalm 13. And this Psalm has universal appeal. Because sooner or later, we've either been there or we will be there. Where we ask the Lord, how long, Lord? How long? And here's the thing. As far as we see, as far as we can hear, David doesn't get a direct answer back in this psalm, does he? Mm-mm. No. 
The Lord doesn't offer a day, a time, an end point to David's anguish. He doesn't tell David how long it's going to be. David tells the Lord to turn and answer him, but we don't know if that even happens, not in, in, during the time of this psalm. And how about the return of the sparkle to David's eye before he dies? We're not sure of that return of the sparkle, at least from what we read in this psalm. Now, all we get to see so far is, is David getting vent, giving vent to a lot of pent-up emotion, David crying out to the Lord, uh, and, and from what we see at this point, it's kind of been a one-way conversation. So this feels pretty heavy, doesn't it? It really does. But listen to what David says next. But I trust in your unfailing love. I will rejoice because you have rescued me. I will sing to the Lord because he is good to me. Why don't we say that together? But I, I trust, trust in your unfailing love. love. I will I rejoice because you have rescued me. me. I will sing, sing to the Lord because he is good to me. And so at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, when we're feeling very far from God, when we cry out to God, when we seek God's face, the bottom line is this, and it's important to always remember this, God is all we have. God is all we have. He is our only hope. And so we must trust in his unfailing love because otherwise, <laughs> we got nothing. Nothing. Otherwise, there's nobody there to hear our cries, nobody to turn around and face us, nobody to keep our enemies from gloating, to restore the sparkle to our eyes. When we ask, how long, Lord? How long? It's important to remember to be able to look back, to look back during your lifetime, during your relationship with God, your relationship with Jesus Christ. Look back at those times when we thought we were all alone, but in looking back, we realized that God was, in fact, carrying us. And to realize we are able to trust in the midst of our pain because we know God loves us. God loves us. He's shown that all over the place, but most especially in the sacrifice of his son, Jesus the Christ. We're able to rejoice then because God has rescued us in the past. And we get to remember that into the future. And we can sing to the Lord because the Lord has been good to us and will continue to be good to us even during those times when we get to wondering if he's even there. We're reminded of a poem here. It's one that many of you have, have heard, but it fits really well. So we're going to close with it today. It's called Footprints in the Sand. One night, I dreamed I was walking along the beach with the Lord. Many scenes from my life flashed across the sky. In each scene, I noticed footprints in the sand. Sometimes there were two sets of footprints, 
Other times there were one set of footprints. This bothered me because I noticed that during the low periods of my life, when I was suffering from anguish, sorrow, or defeat, I could see only one set of footprints. So I said to the Lord, you promised me, Lord, that if I follow you, you would walk with me always. But I have noticed that during the most trying periods of my life, there have only been one set of footprints in the sand. Why, when I needed you most, you have not been there for me? The Lord replied, say it with me. The times when you have seen only one set of footprints in the sand is when I carried you. We pray that when you are feeling alone, when you're crying out to the Lord, no matter how deep or how high or any place in between you feel, that you believe beyond a shadow of a doubt because it's right here in this book and this is the living word of God, that God will never let you fall, that God will always carry you through. That's the good news. Let's live it. Let's believe it. Let's pray. God, uh, thank you for this psalm, Psalm 13. It's a tough one but I believe it's one that each one of us have written as well. How long, O oh Lord? Why me, O oh God? But at the end of the day, I pray that each one of us realizes whether we recognize Jesus as our Lord and Savior or whether we don't, that we know that you are in control and that you are good all the time. And even when we don't sense you or feel you, you are still good because your love is sufficient and your goodness does not change. You are the same today, yesterday, tomorrow, forever. And for that, Lord, we can say thank you. And we can praise your name. I pray this in the name of God the Father, Jesus Christ, his one and only Son, and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody gathered said, Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church, please visit our website at connectioncc.org or on Facebook at facebook.com slash connectioncc. You can also contact our church office at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.